Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life is going to present to you. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest has over 40 years of leadership in the service of our communities. He is the former mayor of New Orleans. He was 36 years old, 36 years old when he was first elected mayor. He is currently the CEO of the National Urban League, the nation's largest historic civil rights and urban advocacy organization. He has authored a very, very new, very, very good book. It's new, brand new. The Gumbo Coalition, 10 Leadership Lessons That Help You Inspire, Unite, and Achieve. Now available wherever books are sold. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the leader of the Gumbo Coalition, my man, Mark Morial. <laughs> hey, brother. Thank you for having me today and uh, good day to your entire listening audience. Thank you so much. Well, you know, it's a, it's a journey. Uh, we've had uh, we met over the years uh, when uh, I was managing Steve Harvey and producing this morning show. Yeah. And I, I've seen you come in and uh, as a representative of the uh, of the Urban League. Just tell us exactly what is the Urban League? National Urban League. National Urban League is a historic civil rights and urban advocacy organization founded in 1910 to help black people who were moving to the north from the south to get away uh, from segregation, the right. Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. And they moved to America's urban communities, Detroit, Chicago, New York, Boston, looking for work. But what they found is they found discrimination, they found prejudice, they found difficult conditions. And we rose to assist them in both making the transition and in having a voice. And those were our earliest days. In the 1960s, the late, great Whitney Young became our leader, mm -hmm. and we became a full partner uh, in the 1960s civil rights revolution. Since then, we've been on the front lines working for civil rights and economic opportunity through a dynamic network of 90 affiliates that serve uh, 300 communities in 36 states in the District of Columbia. We're a premier job training organization and job placement organization. We do home buyer preparation. We serve youth and free after school and academic preparation services. And we serve some 15,000 entrepreneurs each year through our small business centers. We're a dynamic vehicle to help people find economic independence. And we're a voice on the national stage for civil rights and economic opportunity. Very powerful, very well articulated. I'm not trying to stump you here with this question. What is the difference between the NAACP and the National Urban League? We're like brothers or cousins. Uh, right. You know, mm -hmm. the NAACP was founded a year earlier. Mm -hmm. They're primarily a volunteer organization mm -hmm. that does civil rights activism. Uh, they've got a large network. They're in rural, suburban, and urban communities. Uh, we are, in addition to being a civil rights organization, we're also uh, do direct services. And most of our work is carried out by uh, paid professional staffers. We've got 2,000 employees across the nation and uh, 90 physical locations in those communities. So we work 
closely together on a wide range of issues, uh, but distinctly we have the same mission, but we carry out our work sometimes in complementary, sometimes in different ways. Right. I, I, I always view, this has always been my view that, you know, the National Urban League was more business. They always, I, I always felt you guys had the, had, they had more of an active role in the shaping the economics of, of African Americans or blacks. Was I, was I, was I, as I'm wrong or incorrect when yeah, I said you're that? You're accurate. Yeah. We have a distinct focus on economic opportunity, on helping people find jobs and helping small black businesses and medium sized black businesses grow and develop, helping people become homeowners. There's no question that our focus on economic empowerment is what I call it, mm-hmm. which is opportunity, it's justice, it's independence, uh, is really, really what makes us unique, mm-hmm. what makes us what I call sui generis, right. which right. is a Latin word that means one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Now, let's uh, let's go to the book now because of the fact that I just wanted to set the stage, let everybody know what you're doing currently, how you've been doing that job since, what, 2003, correct? 2003, after eight great years as mayor, my beloved hometown, New Orleans, Mm -hmm. I served two terms because two terms was the limit. Right. Uh, And then I found uh, an opportunity uh, after practicing law for a year in Mm -hmm. between City Hall and this job to to, to lead this incredible uh, Urban League movement. I'm standing on the shoulders of some great people like Whitney Young and Vernon Jordan, just to name a few. Vernon Jordan, powerful name right there. Um, in 2018, uh, a good friend of mine, I'm going to call a good friend of mine, Lavelle, uh, saw you in New Orleans and um, talked about a book idea. Now, you you know, you're a type of, I look at your life, that, that book almost feels like a TV show, okay, when I read it. And so, so that means that a lot of people have come your way and tapped you on the shoulders. You should write a book. You should write a book. What, what did she say to you, Lavelle, say to you in 2018 that Sent you in the direction, you know, it's, it's time. I'll tell you what it's she right. did. You know, she, she sat down and she said, you know, you should write a book, but you should write a leadership book. Right. Mm-hmm. I said, interesting. She says, not a memoir or an autobiography, Thank but you. a book about leadership. Because she says, that's what people want to hear. They want a book that they can use. They want a book that they can learn from. And, you know, I was impressed. I mean, here was a sister. Uh, connected with a major publisher, Harper Collins. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, it was really, really exciting. And, you know, she pushed me. Mm-hmm. She pushed me. And That's she what she does me. now. <laughs> and I said, I said, yes. And I kind of said, well, you know, walk me through the steps because right. I do have an idea because my mom wrote a book, but walk me through the steps. And so, you know, we sat down. She said, put some ideas on paper, write up an outline. Let me take a look at it. So one thing led to another, and we spent uh, – Lots of time together working on this book and her guidance and insight was just so helpful to me, just so helpful. I couldn't have done it without her and really her challenge, you know, and I've wanted to do a book for a long time. I self-published a book of speeches in the 1990s. About 15 years ago, I started working on a book. I had an agent. I got too busy. I lost sight and lost, I guess I just lost sight and lost interest. And so Lavelle, you know, she, she, she challenged me and I'm just excited that something that was a little intimidating at first has come together. I think it's a great book. And it's a beautiful I think book. It it's a beautiful hopefully book. Hopefully will inspire people. I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, you hear the word a lot, common sense, using common. This book is a smart common sense. And when I say that is that I'm, I'm a successful guy. I can say that my resume tells me I can say that publicly. And, uh, and I have plans to be successful in the future. This book, when I started reading it, okay, it's a little biopic in the beginning. 
Okay, because it sets everything up. And then, but at the end of each chapter, you do a recap about what you just read, just to outline and detail exactly the bullet points that you can take. In fact, when you buy this book, you can you could almost rip out every recap and just staple those together and put them on your refrigerator and put them on your mirror, and that can be your vision board at your house. That's how. Let me say this: you know, when it comes to, I say the most important education I ever had Mm -hmm. was not. The undergraduate degree I have from the University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. not the law degree I have from Georgetown, mm-hmm. not the twelve to fifteen honorary degrees that right. uh, I'm, I'm so privileged have have been awarded. It's the PhD in common sense I got from my mama. Yes, yes. my mama, like so many mamas, was just basically a person of common sense. She knew how to read people. She knew how to read people in terms of who she could trust, Mm -hmm. who she couldn't trust, who to be wary of. She understood and and she sort of, you know, willed that into me. Right. You know, I learned by watching her. I had an incredible dad, but my mom, in terms of really influencing, you know, what I think and who I am, it was just such a powerful, powerful, powerful influence. And it was all about common sense. Absolutely. And keeping your feet on the ground and never getting a big head and not thinking you you all that as as we say. Right. And uh you know, I love my mother for 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 teaching me that. And that's what uh, I love about this book. She I, tried she she did, she taught it to me but it's almost like I didn't know I was being taught it. It just kind of is from the powers of observation and the lesson she taught you. But you but you giving those lessons back to us in writing in an organized manner, which is a blessing in itself. I'm talking to Mark Morial. He's currently the CEO of the National Urban League. He has a book called The Gumbo Coalition, 10 Leadership Lessons That Help You Inspire, Unite and Achieve. Now I'm from Houston, Texas. So when you start saying the word gumbo, I know exactly what you're talking about from a from a culinary perspective. I know exactly. The special thing about Mm -hmm. special thing about gumbo is no two gumbos are just alike. There you go. And and when you always when you when you think you finish preparing gumbo, you can also you can always add a few extra ingredients and make it just that much better. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the essence of gumbo is that it is a collection and an amalgamation of various ingredients. And America mm-hmm. and the communities that we live in are that today. Right, made up of all types of people, ethnic backgrounds, religious backgrounds, all sorts of dispositions and orientations. That's the beauty. See, the Gumbo Coalition reflects that very essence, the essence of, of, of diversity, of inclusion, of a multifaceted, uh, if you will, nation. We well, you know, like you said, we, we are taking this from the book, the Gumbo Coalition, it was built to include not only African-Americans, but also whites, Latinos, Asians, straights, gays, young, old, and all religious groups of my marvelously diverse hometown, New Orleans. That's where it started. You've carried that same mantra, that same lesson, or that same common sense, put it in this book, but also you use it to every, if, use it in your everyday practices. And that's how you carry it through the various chapters in the book, correct? New Orleans is, was a city that in leading the city, you couldn't win an election without a coalition. Right. If you couldn't put a coalition together, you couldn't win an election. But you had to have a base. You had to have a powerful base. I had a very strong base of African Americans, but my base was also made up of you know, public housing residents, uh, young people, small business owners, uh, you know, activists, 
made up my political base, and it's what I started from, but the base was not enough to win an election. The base was not enough uh, to carry me to victory. So we had to build off the base and build this broad and wide coalition in, in America today to lead effectively at any level, you have to build coalitions. You have to operate off of a base, but build a coalition that allows you to lead with effectiveness. Awesome. Um, when we come back to the next break, uh, we're going to break down some of the chapters. I'm talking to Mark Morial, the current CEO of the National Urban League. He has an amazing book that, that is available everywhere online to be bought. It's called the, Go- the Gumbo Coalition, 10 Leadership Lessons That Help You Inspire, Unite, and Achieve. We'll be right back with more money-making conversation with Mark Morial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversations. Uh, information that you should use as an entrepreneur, as an entertainer, as an as an employer, as an everyday person who's working 40 hours a week. We're living in the times of pandemic, as we say, the pandemic times, a time where as African-Americans, we are overtly affected by the uh, COVID-19 virus. We're going to come out of it. We're going to come out of it as a people, but we're going to come out of a different people with different values and different cores. And when I read a book like this, that the Gumbo Coalition, 10 Leadership Lessons That Help You Inspire, Unite and Achieve is about putting the right people around you, consistently understanding that you cannot do it alone. Each chapter screams that. Each chapter screams to you that you better have a plan, that just don't jump out there on faith, jump out there on faith with a plan in both hands. And also, when you land, make sure you land with people who believe in you and can assist you in your plan for success. That screams in your book, Mark. It really does. Well, you know, I tell you, I, my hope is that the book is going to inspire the next generation of leaders. And I, I, I talk about setbacks mm-hmm. and talk about challenges and talk about uh, the unexpected. And I also talk about where the expectations of me were not that high, like when I had to argue before the state Supreme Court in Louisiana as a 26-year-old, and the name partner in the law firm that I was in told me going into the Supreme Court that I was going to lose the case. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking I was so angry with him for telling me that, but I didn't say a word. I got up, gave an argument, and then as we were walking out of court, he asked me, he stopped me, he said, where did you learn how to argue like that? I, I, I never saw a young lawyer argue that way before, before this court. And Anyway, I said, well, coach, <laughs> I've been on your team for a year. You need to put me in the ball game because your lieutenants had me sitting on the bench. Mm. And uh, a month and a half later, I won the case and I decided to leave the law firm and do my own thing. Yeah. And so, you know, there's setbacks and people trying to diminish you, even, you know, unintentionally. And it was uh, intentionally or unintentionally. And so, you know, the book is not all you know, not all roses. It's also about setbacks. It's also about challenges. It's also about low expectations. It's also about overcoming great challenges. And, and the, it's also, it's about networking. It's about innovation. You know, it's about compassion. Uh, great lessons. It's about teamwork. Right. Great lessons well, you know, that I've learned. And I learned them from others. Absolutely. And I learned them from observing. And I learned them from getting kicked, getting pushed getting knocked down and having to get back up. Well, you know, the interesting thing about it, let me just compare something. Um, I currently manage Stephen A. Smith, one of the highest profile talents in sports. Oh, media man, I love Stephen A. Smith. That's my boy. I manage him now. And But when I met you, I was managing Steve Harvey. And we originally started, I'm just doing a comparison to you. And that's why I feel is you started in New Orleans, but what you're doing at the National Urban League 
is was your destiny. It's where we needed your voice. Because, Steve, we was great in L.A., man. We was L.A. just tearing it up, man. And number one morning show in L.A. from 2000 to 2005. But I would look at him. I always felt that he had more to offer in a national platform. Oh, yeah. So we left oh, yeah. L.A. Huge contract and took a lower deal to be uh, uh, syndicated nationally. Because we figured we'll step back but go up. And we did. And his voice as a, in a national level, I, I feel was responsible for President Obama uh, being elected twice. I feel we're responsible oh, yeah. for uh, a lot of the movements that are positive in music for black Americans. Uh, but more importantly, so when I hear your journey, I'm not saying y'all the same people, but you are, you are an mm-hmm. advocate, a game changer in New Orleans. If you would have just staying in. So it was a blessing to me in this country that you were only given two terms. OK, because we needed you to come out and, 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 and talk about the five point empowerment agenda. That's right. Which is about education. No, I, and youth you know empowerment. What? I, I come on can't. now. You know, when I when I started at the National Urban League, I had no idea where the journey would take me. But, you know, I I was blessed, really blessed and privileged to have a chance to serve as mayor, serve as a Louisiana Mm -hmm. state senator Mm -hmm. at a young age. I mean, I got elected at 36. I raised my hand. I just turned 36 years old and accepted the challenge to be mayor. Well, most of my colleagues who were mayors of major American cities, they were 15 to 20 years older than me. I mean, I would sit in the room with all the other mayors, and I was a young kid on the block. Well, six years later, they elected me to be their president, the president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors. I was the youngest mayor to ever serve as president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors uh, when I took that post in uh, 2000. And so, you know, the the opportunity to serve, the reason why I, I make that point is because I say to young people, you're never too young to take on a challenge, never too young to serve, never too young to excel. And don't let anybody diminish you. But you've got to know you're ready. Yes. You've got to have the confidence in your ability. And you've got to be mature enough to make the difficult and challenging decisions. And, you know, I feel so, so uh, special that I want to give back the lessons I've learned. Well, I want to give back. You do that. Uh, the do insights that, that, I've, that I've, I've, I've learned. And, the, and that's the motivation, uh, indeed, for the book. And uh, the chance to serve at the national level is something special because I've literally visited almost every state in the union. I've been to every city. I've been on the uptown side, on the downtown side. I've been in the fancy homes. I've been in the neighborhoods. And that opportunity to meet people and see and witness and experience their hopes, their fears, their cheers, and their aspirations is just unlike anything else. Uh, And I always feel humbled and appreciative of that. It's it's two things I want to make sure we talk about uh, before we leave. Uh, The State of Black America report which is like phenomenal. This is under your vision. This is something under your vision that was resurrected. And then the, then the uh, five point empowerment agenda that was under your agenda as well as the national urban Day, correct? Yeah. So we started out in 2003, we needed mm-hmm. to have a, a framework and a plan to go forward. So we picked five issues, mm-hmm. education, economics, mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm social justice, and civic engagement. Mm -hmm. And we transformed that into uh, five empowerment goals, education, economics, housing, health, and and justice. 
uh, and we transformed the work. So all of the work of the National Urban League is aligned around those five issues, around those five goals, right. around those five things. And we're clear, we can't be all things to all people, deal with every single issue that might be of concern to black America or to urban communities. We need it to create a coherent framework and focus. And that's indeed what we did. The State of Black America was started by Vernon Jordan in 1976. And when I took over in 2003, it needed to be revived. It needed to be strengthened. So we added a statistical component, a permanent statistical component, where we measure the same numbers every single year in an index called the Equality Index. We compare blacks and whites, unemployment, uh, health outcomes, lifespans, uh, how home ownership rates and across the board so that every year we can report on the numbers, on the facts, insofar as America's dis- racial disparities are concerned. And we report on that, and we continue to report on that every year, and it continues to show disparities, not only in health, but the greatest disparities are in economics, not only in health and economics, but in education, mm-hmm. in how the criminal justice system treats us, in civic engagement. This is the work, you know, of the Urban League movement today. This is the work. It's framed around the state of black America. And we compare blacks and whites. We compare blacks, whites, and Latinos. uh, Because we need to understand where we are as a nation if economic parity is our objective. And that was. And that's that's what I'm just talking about when I'm speaking to you is that when I'm reading the book, and, and, I'm, and I'm breaking mm-hmm. down different chapters. The one thing that I kept hearing ringing out to me was this, the plan, the plan, how you having a plan and then how you deliver the plan. That's what this that's what this book really talks about. You know, you have a lot of brilliant ideas, basically what you're saying. To build a house, you have to have a plan yes. to cook a good meal. You have to have a recipe. Yes. yes. To be a great musician, you've got to have a musical score, even if you improvise in between. Uh, to uh, to lead, you need a plan. Yes. To fight a war, you need a plan. Yes. To bring about peace, you need a plan. So planning is a really important element of, of leadership and then knowing when to modify the plan. Right. There are times that come when you might have to throw the plan right out the window, right out the window and respond. So right now, we have to respond to this pandemic. So we might put a plan aside, Mm -hmm. but what we quickly do is develop a new plan. Mm -hmm. And it might be, let's develop a short-term plan. Let's focus on what we need to do uh, in order to confront the challenges of now. So planning is critical and learning how to plan and then communicating your plan, knowing how to communicate your plan, knowing how to talk to your constituents, to talk to your followers about your plan, not just have it living in a file, not right. just have it living on your computer, not just have it living in your head. You know, when I when I when I was reading the book, you know, I'm talking to Mark Morial. He's the uh, current CEO of the National Urban League. He has a fantastic new book called The Gumbo Coalition: Ten Leadership Lessons That Help You Inspire. That will that will help you inspire, unite, and achieve your goals, your dreams, your organization, and, and rising to the top. When when I when I was reading this and we were talking about the plan and then I got to the to the five, you know the five uh, points of the agenda and then I got to the state uh, report and then I started and I read the report and it was something that really stunned me that was talking about Native Americans were denied an opportunity to vote 
1882, and then were not guaranteed. The last state to guarantee you was, them was New Mexico in 1962. And I always tell people, my degree is in mathematics. Numbers don't lie. And that's why I like the way you do business. I like the way you talk. You In your book, you talk about numbers. You bring up statistics. You, you, you lay out a plan that this is not a theory. This is how you should do business. You show examples of how you did business, how you had to maneuver, the people you had to maneuver with, the people you had to work with, people who didn't like you, how you had to bring them on your side of the table. And I always tell people, I said 90% of the people that I make money with, I don't really care what they eat for breakfast. I really don't. It's how I do business with them in public. And that's what your book is about. My book also talks about networking. And in networking, we talk about different kinds of friends. Mm -hmm. You know, you have intimate friends and then you have uh, those who you are acquainted with. And then you just have those that you professionally know. So the idea is you can have know a lot of people. Yes, sir. But just because someone's your friend doesn't mean they're your intimate friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then many times acquaintances have great value. They validate. Uh, They're they're what cements your reputation or can undermine your reputation if you develop a bad reputation. So, you know, in my book, it's all about practical tips. It's all about experiences that I've had. And it's all about the people who've helped become who I've become. But uh, more importantly, they're relatable experiences. That's what I appreciated most about your book. Uh, I want to let you know that um, I have a social media, almost a million followers. I have a fan club uh, newsletter oh, that goes out every Friday at 9 a.m. to 90,000 fan club members. I want to put a banner of your book You're in there. You're the man. I, I'm just letting you know. You're the man. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you. And uh, to come on my show and allow me to uh, let you know the greatness that you've accomplished in your life, which you know. But sometimes, like everybody, you need to be reminded that you are a gift to America. You are changing not only you've changed my life, but my daughter's 22 and you're laying a path for her to have a great life. So thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation, Mark Mario. Hey, I appreciate you so much. God bless you and be safe, be healthy and keep the faith always. And get those banners to me so I can promote your book. Okay. You got it. All right. If you want to hear more interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. Thank you.